0: Here on the Twins Talk It Up podcast, we present topics about communication and leadership from our perspective as individuals and as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Welcome, everyone. I'm happy to introduce you to our good friend, John Goodman. Now, John is the managing principal of JCG Advisory Partners, an investment advisory and wealth management firm located in the region of Bozeman, Montana. John, welcome to the show
1: hey thanks guys it's good to see you again see you again
0: now i want to tell you a little story and then uh i would like to actually have dave uh explain a little bit about how we met john but before that i wanted to say this one little story john tricked me once uh oh (laughs) now my wife and i were driving from michigan to seattle she had just completed her, her mba from university of michigan and i remember that degree firmly in my mind $164,000 $164,000 for a two year degree. And as we're driving, I gave John a call and said, Hey, John, we'd love to come see you. And John goes, Danny, you got to try these Rocky Mountain oysters. They're the best thing you're ever going <laughs> to try in your life. I was like, wait a minute. You guys, you guys have oysters in Montana? That doesn't make sense. You're not even near an ocean. And John's like, trust me, you're going to love them. They fry it up. And when you eat it, you're going to love them. They're amazing. And so here I am, my wife and I, John and Cece we're at the restaurant and John tricks me and he has me eat these things. Now, I don't know if anyone in the audience knows exactly what Rocky Mountain oysters are, but I'm gonna have John explain to you what they are and exactly how he tricked me because I ate <laughs> them, no clue. John, why don't you tell everybody what these famous round Rocky Mountain oysters are from Montana?
1: <laughs> well, first off,
0: of all the stories
1: you're gonna remember, that's the one you remember, that's interesting. <laughs> well, they're a delicacy. Man, this is ranch country. This is where this is where men live. Okay. And uh, you know, for a lot of us, the natural testosterone that we have in our bodies is not enough to chop down trees and strangle wild animals. So we have to use natural supplements. And so Rocky Mountain oysters are. <clears throat> bull testicles that are, are rare delicacies around here. They get fried up and you eat them like a man.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and actually the funny thing about it was I, had, I ate a whole one and Jenny looked at me, she goes, you do know what you're eating, right? <laughs> so, hey, if you are ever in Montana, I would tell you there's many things you can do out there, fly fishing, great outdoors, but you cannot leave without at least trying Rocky Mountain oysters at least once. So that yeah,
1: I'll have to tell you a story about that too. So I have a, my best friend, he had gotten married and uh, we went to a place that served Rocky Mountain oysters. And he says, what are Rocky Mountain oysters? And this shows you that he was marrying a Montana girl at the time. And uh, someone said from across the table, they're cow balls. And she looked at him and just discussed and she goes, those aren't cow balls. Everybody knows cows don't have balls. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought you are. You are a Montana girl.
0: <laughs> Bill, did he eat them? <laughs> well, anyways, guys, this is David. And what I want to share, John, is it's a pleasure to have you on. And for our listeners, you're going to instantly see or hear that we have such a great chemistry. We go back many, many years. I first met John. Uh, at least Dan and I first met John when we were students at Howard University, and John was serving as a minister. H.U. H.U., you know. (laughs) So John was serving as a minister in the church that we were part of there in Washington, D.C. And John is just this polished Duke graduate, this incredible speaker. There was something about him that just made you think instantly, oh, there's a Georgetown kind of guy. And he would be mad if I said that, but it's just the way he carried himself. One of the smartest yeah. people you'll, you'll ever meet. Yeah, definitely. Definitely super intelligent. meet more people. Meet, go meet more people. This is how amazing it is just to be around him because he's, you realize just the how gracious he is and, and the incredible family he has. But we first met John that way. He helped me a lot with understanding the ministry. When I first became a minister, went into the full-time ministry and just the way he carried himself. You know, it's amazing when you see about leadership and you see about their what you what's revealed about the character when challenging times come and i'll tell you john never changed for me when things were going well smooth when the challenges were in the ministry incredible integrity the way he cared himself i was amazed by that and i'm so glad that we're able to get john onto the program and really fast forward many many years after the ministry to see what he's doing now in his role not only as a financial wealth advisor, but just now as a grandfather and and really building his family there in Montana. So, John, it is a pleasure to have you here. Can you share a little bit about your journey of leadership, and perhaps maybe even tie in how your time as a minister helped shape your approach to financial services and how you built your own practice?
1: Yeah. Well, first off, it's great seeing you guys. You are unchanged and as beautiful as ever and as i was saying before the show i wore my pink and my red for you on this valentine's day recording and so i come with great love and gratitude um but yeah i mean there's the bigger connection than you would ever guess at first i was really hesitant that you know i wouldn't have credibility with folks because i didn't spend the '90s. You know, which I entirely missed. You know, the whole dot-com run when, you know, you could close your eyes and buy a stock, and you'd made you know double your money, triple your money, quadruple your money. I missed that whole thing, but but I think, I think what translated was just the the relationships and uh, really building trusting relationships with people to the best of my my ability. I mean, around money, there's always a level of suspicion. Unfortunately, my industry uh, has some bad actors that you know, give the rest of us you know, a, a not, not great name. Uh, but the reality is, is that in general, the profession is filled with you know, uh, trustworthy, wonderful people. Uh, I would say that I'd love to see more women in that role. And that's one of the things we want to do. But, but to your question, how did it carry over? It, it comes down to just wanting to help people. And so, you know, I think uh, a specific piece that stuck for me was watching people tithe on a weekly basis, or put money into the plate, make enormous sacrifices for special contribution. Or like when we were in Indianapolis for adoption, I think there were 30 families that adopted. And anybody who's been through the adoption experience knows that you can't a regular person, you can't afford an international adoption. And so there's all kinds of fundraising that goes on. And for that church to have adopted 30 kids shows the sacrifice. And I watched everybody give the money into the plate over and over and over again. And of course, being in the ministry, you know, David, you know this, that you know we were beneficiaries of that. And so it just begged the question, what if people tithe to themselves? Ooh. Even better, what if as ministry people, we emphasize that as much as we emphasized putting money in the plate? What, what would that look like if they incrementally did that and uh you know a, a good example of that is you know even paying down your debt uh we were also talking before the show about you know the house i owned when we were in Georgetown how we bought it for two hundred and twenty seven thousand dollars and now it's worth nine hundred eighty thousand dollars
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and i don't own it
0: Get that house.
1: <laughs> yeah. I could have incrementally paid down my debt. I would have been out of debt so long ago on that house and been a, a net worth millionaire just on that house alone. And so in, anyway, what, what what I feel like is I don't have a job, I have a calling and my calling is to figure out how to help every man, how to, how to help the little guy, how to help the middle class, the people who don't have $500,000 of investable assets, get over the proverbial wall, save for an emergency fund, get out of debt, invest toward short and long-term goals, and do it with the combination of technology and, and human touch that that is helpful to them. So anyway, we're trying to build community around it, trying to get people on board. And uh, I, I super appreciate that question because to me, it, it is my ministry now. It, it's, it's my calling, it's my ministry, it's my profession. My vocation, in a lot of ways, my avocation, and I just love it.
0: We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Paul Jackowitz of pauljakowicz.com. For all your website design and management needs, visit Paul Jakowicz. That's Paul J A C K I E w-i-c-z dot com
1: do you hear what i hear that's the sound of your tribe your audience your people that's the sound of your nation the people who love to hear the sound of your voice as you bring your special message to them in your very own podcast how do you get it to them let us handle that we're podcast Nation and we make sure they hear your voice. Podcast Nation is a full-service podcasting firm that does all the hard work for you so you can be the talent and get your message to your people. Just text PODCAST to 929-244-4323 and talk to one of our staff on how you can get started with your very own Done For You podcast. Or just go to podcastnation.com and get started today. That's P-O-D-K-A-S-T nation.com. Your people are waiting on you. Make them hear your voice.
0: Podcast Nation. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners. 20% off products or services on our website. Just send us an email with the subject line podcast, and we will send you that special discount code at dsbleadershipgroup.com. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. This is Danny, by the way. So, in our show, from time to time, Dave and I, when we speak, we'll say who is who speaking. Um, but let's talk a little bit more about that, John. You, you actually, I, I know for a fact, and my brother and no one, you, you and your wife do a lot for people, yep. and you've helped us out. You've helped every so many people out in your lives. You've actually created an app that actually is beneficial towards lots of people. And, and, and anyone can take, download your app on the Apple store. You can go in there, it's five-star rating, but it's called Millionaire Me. It's just a simple little tool to help people. Can you explain a little bit more about that app real quick? I, I mean, I, I think the way I like to look at life is that it's not that difficult, as you mentioned earlier, you just gotta invest in yourself a little bit here and there. And, and over time, it actually adds up. If you, if you would have kept the house, as you said, $980,000. But sometimes we don't think about the future until it actually becomes the present or the past. Tell us a little bit more about how Millionaire Me came about, how people can get started with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm really proud of it. And uh, right now it's, you know, it's, I would call it an advanced prototype. Uh, we have users, It it's good enough. Uh, to do the job, but it's uh, far from a finished product. So I appreciate your asking about it. And um, uh, the story behind it is is a good continuation of where we left off. You know, years later, I was talking to my dad, I was working for UBS uh, Financial Services. UBS is a Swiss bank, the largest global bank in the world. Uh, you know, high minimums focused on uh, high and ultra high net worth clients. Uh, you know, a private bank. It, it has all the bells and whistles. And I was telling my dad about it. My dad stopped me mid-sentence, and he said, "You know, enough about wealth management. I want to hear what you have to say about wealth creation." Mm. And I remember asking myself, "Whose son does he think I am?" You know, there's only one guy who's turned you know water into wine. And uh, but it but it was a great question. You know, my dad was my dad is a former orthopedic surgeon. But but I remember him in Southeastern Idaho. Idaho, Montana, we don't have high wages. You know, we have hard workers, but not high wages. And so there are a lot of people that couldn't pay for him sewing their hand back on. And so he would barter with them and they would say, well, here's half a cow, here's a side of beef, or or come duck or pheasant hunt on our property. You know, we, we would barter like that. And so my dad has always had a heart for people, for the little guy. And so his question was rooted in that. And it sent me down this road that led to this app. And uh, it's it's not unlike Acorns in the sense that Acorns has roundups and Acorns has done the world a great service by getting people interested in investing. It's kind of like after the quartz crisis in the watch world, Swatch showed up and got mm-hmm. people interested in mechanical Swiss watches again. Well, Acorns kind of did that for for the investment community for people who couldn't afford, you know, that white glove you know Swiss Bank treatment. Uh, they weren't Rolex clients. You know they were Swatch clients uh, that uh, that Swatch t- took care of. And and um, what this app does is it, it 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 operates like Acorns in the sense that it, it, instead of doing roundups, we do what are called earmarks. We take a percentage or a flat dollar amount of your ordinary spending, and we we just tally that and twice a week we send you an earmark notification. Hey, Dave. Hey, Danny. uh, It's time to move your earmark uh, monies to the destination of your choice. Savings, investment, debt service. Which one you want to do? The full amount, half the amount, quarter of the amount, or a ground amount greater than five bucks. Once you're connected with your funding account and a target account, whatever your target account is, You can receive this earmark notification pick a number hit confirm during a traffic light that's how easy it is and so we want we we want to capitalize on what all of us are naturally good at which is spending money by saying every time you spend money just spend a little bit for yourself invest for yourself and oh by the way if you know that you're going to get an earmark notification next week and you don't have enough the full amount half the amount quarter amount or an amount greater than five dollars then you're spending too much you're spending too much now i've gotten bigger over the years than you guys have but i would love to have an app to say hey big boy you're eating too much and then knock that cupcake out of my mouth you know <laughs> you it would save me a basketball. lot of trouble because i don't have to keep getting bigger you know wesley my son a personal trainer said dad if you want to get skinny the first step is to quit being quit getting fat <laughs> you know, and and you know, you have to at some point in time say, I'm done overspending. In fact, every time I spend if I can't spend a little bit toward my own future,
0: mm-hmm.
1: as Dave Ramsey says, if I'm too busy paying for yesterday that I can't afford today, much less the future, then I'm spending too much. Yeah. And so anyway, that's where it starts. But a couple of other things about the app that I'm really proud of is that it invites other people into the experience, what we call Millionaire Migos. The the title, by the way, is me talking to my 30-year-old me, my 30-year-old self saying, listen, you do this. It's not me running around advertising the world, hey, I'm a millionaire. No, it's me saying, listen, you're going to get a money education, an ME, a me. You're going to get a millionaire money education if you do what I tell you to do. It's like Solomon writing his sons, you do this. And if my sons happen to listen or everybody else does, then so be it. But Millionaire amigos is when I say, hey, Danny, hey, Dave, do you guys want to be my Millionaire amigos? Here's my goal. You guys don't even have to tell me what your goal is. Because what we've done is we've taken the taboo subject of money and we've made it discreet. And so next to your name in your Millionaire amigo feed is going to be percentage completion toward goal, days remaining toward goal, and the frequency with which you are actually accepting earmark notifications and moving that money. So the highlight of my experience so far is presenting this to a, a, a bunch of eighth-grade girls down in Ennis, Montana.
0: Nice.
1: They came up to me afterward. They were all nervous. They had their books across their chest, and they said, Mr. Goodson, I said my last name's Goodman, but Mr. Goodson, <laughs> tell us about Millionaire Amigos. And I said, Why do you want to know about millionaire amigos? And they said, well, We understand that if we download the app and we connect our accounts and we choose the amount we want to get and we invite our friends into the experience and we see one of our friends falling off we can talk to them about it and i said well let me ask you something why does this even matter to you and they said well we're in the eighth grade now but in four years we want to all go on a senior trip and i said really where do you want to go and they said we want to go to bora bora and i said wow bora bora that's incredible i'm going to give you some millionaire me t-shirts and you send me pictures of you in bora bora And they said, yeah, but back to the Millionaire Amigo thing, if we see a girl drop from a five-star rating to a four, to a three, to a two, we can say, hey, girlfriend, are you coming to Bora Bora with us or not? Love it. And so that night, my phone lit up like the 4th of July with moms sending me Facebook messages, texting. What did you say to our daughters at school today? We have been trying to get them to save their whole lives. And they came home saying they needed to get us to open a custodial account to download this app that they're going to do something as a group of girls and they're all going to Bora Bora (laughs) I love that and it, it was it is still the greatest moment of this whole journey because if those girls understood it after that length of a presentation anybody can get it
0: i love it john that's awesome this is dave and i'll make sure to put in the program notes a link to this because it's an incredible idea not just for our youth but for any of us to think about investing in ourselves and i really appreciate you saying that um john with the light in light of this health pandemic what should investors know i mean there's been a spirit of confusion concern um there are some out there that are reckless but in light of the health pandemic what should people be aware of and how should they look at their portfolio should it be just business as normal or how should they start thinking about what's going on with them uh their investment portfolio and their mindset with this climate
1: yeah well let's start with a wide angle view and then kind of narrow that down the the most important thing that that i want to say is the economy and the stock market are not the same Mm. they are not the same the stock market uh especially the big names that we're aware of uh, the fang stocks, you know, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Google, you know, plus a handful of others, you know, uh, Tesla, most notably, uh, and that's not even to mention GameStop. Um, you know, are, are you know, we're flying primarily because those fang stocks, in particular, you know, uh, are taking market share from these retailers. But but the economy is really struggling along. And you think about you know my oldest son Jackson was the first to graduated from MSU Montana State University with a hospitality degree right before the pandemic hit, Mm. and thank God he had the wherewithal and wisdom to go the direction of law enforcement. Uh, Now he delivers people to a different hospitality arrangement (laughs) that they were uh, possibly liking. (laughs) I want to check in there. (laughs) No, no, no. He's he's a part of a Uber delivery to a Airbnb service. (laughs) but but anyway think about people in the hospitality industry think about people in the airline industry think about people you know that are near you that are not listed on the New York Stock Exchange they are struggling and so now people are starting to go back out we've obviously started to manage better but this is a k-shaped recovery where you have the the New York Stock Exchange listed businesses companies the big boys doing great And you have other people that are struggling mightily. And I'm telling you what, the people who have struggled the most are women because the childcare services, uh, you know, can't pick up that type of slack. And in our society, that burden typically falls on the women. And so women in in particularly have been disproportionately displaced Mm. and it's them we got to think about the most. And so business owners need to think about hiring them. Uh, we need to think about, you know, you know, helping, you know, where where we can, because the reality is, if you want something done right, hire a woman. You know, so there's there's that. I, I think that that the the second part of the question you asked, which is what to do with your own portfolio, you just got to stay the course. I mean, the whole premise of this app that I've, we were talking about before is that it's not investment management, it's not um, fees. It's not stock selection. I mean, those things play a role, but the biggest role is your contribution performance. How frequently are you putting money into your account? I'm telling you, I've got, I've got clients from across the spectrum, people who have millions of dollars and people who have barely any dollars, maybe even a negative net worth. And what they all have in common is none of them are putting money in their account on a weekly basis. Mm. Maybe if they have a 401k, their employer is pulling money out and they signed a form early on where money is being taken out of their pay and those people have done the best. But you have to ask why have they done the best? They've done the best because of their contribution performance. Yeah, They're getting 100 percent on their match for every dollar they put in, up to usually about 3 percent. And so rather than begrudge them that, I think we've looked look to them and say well what is what is causing your 401k to do so well well number one you're putting money plus your employer's money into it number two you don't look at it you set it and forget it you don't borrow from it you don't take from it i think one of the worst things the federal government did last uh last spring during the cares act is said you could access your 401k without penalty and so I'm not I'm not saying we didn't have the privilege of you know we have the privilege of hindsight now we didn't have that then. But but unfortunately, people did take money out and even worse, they stopped putting money in when the prices were going down, they could have bought more shares at a lower price. And that's the whole point. So the most important thing you can do is don't touch your face, don't touch your mouth, don't touch your money during this COVID pandemic. Okay. Uh, Stay away from people as best you can. Get the vaccine, but don't touch your money. If anything, put more money in. Okay. So I would tell people to dollar cost average, DCA. That just means put the same amount in as best you can, whether the market's up or down. And if the market's down and your horizon's more than five years, put in more. Yeah. That's what I'd say to my 30 year old self.
0: This is Danny, by the way. I, I, I'm going to tell you, those are nuggets of wisdom to everybody. And my daughter gets on me about this all the time. I'm eating a little snack. She goes, dad, that little snack is going to add to you a little bit more weight. It's the same thing. It's like you, you, you're adding to your portfolio, you're adding to your balance, you're adding to your future by putting in a little bit each week. And it's a habit and I love, I love the Millionaire Me app. I remember when you were first coming out with it and you were talking about it. And I just said, you know what? This has got to go mainstream because really, we just got to make it into a habit. Yeah. And it doesn't take much. You just got to make it to a habit. You're absolutely right with Acorn. How they allow you to be able to buy big stocks that at five hundred a thousand dollars per share at twenty five like twenty five bucks. You know, you buying into it, and and before you can never own a piece of it. So that you're absolutely right about that. <clears throat>
1: Yeah, let me say one thing challenge. about that real Let me say one thing yeah, real right. quick about that. So mm-hmm. right now, the other phenomenon the world is experiencing is Robin Hood, right? Because mm-hmm. of these fractional shares, you can buy all this other stuff and we become trader nation. Well, there is one challenge about all the frequent buying and selling and all that stuff is, uh, you know, it still takes five years to get five years experience and 11 years to become an overnight success. Mm-hmm. And so you know, as a basketball coach, I would see people make a bad shot. And it was always the thing that I hated the most. All the parents, the moms be so happy, grandparents so happy, teammates high-fiving. And I'd be like, oh gosh, this is bad <laughs> because now they think that's a good shot because it went in. I'd rather have them miss a good shot than make a bad shot. Right. And so now you got Robin Hood and all this other stuff, and people don't realize short-term tax consequences. This is a bull market. People are confusing brains with the bull market. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, they're taking some of the stuff in their longer term portfolios because they want the next GameStop. Yeah. You know, GameStop. They want, they want all that stuff. And so just hit singles. You hit enough singles and they will automatically rotate around the, the bases and that's take right. you all the way home. So that that's what I want. That's what I want people to do. Um if they do, if they do anything, they won't be hurt that way. Yeah. Uh, so don't don't chase stocks like an ill-behaved porch dog. You know, uh know what you're owning, own it for the long term, spend less than you make, save early, save often, and invest what you save.
0: That's Amen, bro. Amen. I really appreciate that. That guys, listen, if you guys want to learn a little bit more, you notice that you can go to John's website. And on John's website, John C. Goodman's website. He's actually listed as Montana's first and only certified private wealth advisor, me So John, John is giving little nuggets of wisdom. It's not as if he's telling you to do a whole bunch of stuff. It's just a little bit here and there, but doing it on a consistent basis is going to help you in the long term. Whenever we see anything on the news that talks about this stock did so well, performed so great, you're buying it at a high, and the next day it's going to drop really low, and the people who had all the stock they're going to make a lot of money. So it's not about chasing the big thing. It's not about chasing the next GameStop. It is about being consistent on a regular basis, forming that habit. So John, thank you very much for that. I do want to tell people today, no matter what you do in life, starting your own business, trying to get out of debt, trying to become financially wealthy, starting a new podcast, whatever it is, you have to be consistent and you have to take baby steps as you move forward. Don't take your whole investment and then just buy a business or try to go right away. You got to learn the process. So thanks, John, for that. I really appreciate it. And I guess that goes back to what you said earlier. Listen, you're it's you talking to your 30 year old self, (laughs) right? Theoretically it's never too late to invest. As you said earlier, John, it's never too late to invest And, and going to a financial advisor like yourself can help people plan the right way because at certain different parts of your life, certain different goals you may have, you may have to invest in a different manner, but you, you should go and speak to somebody and rather than go to a Robinhood and all these other accounts and think you're an investor, you can blow all your cash right away. Is that is that something you would agree with, John?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you saw it happen, you know, you saw it happen with Robinhood, yeah. you know, and everybody got upset at Robinhood, but people don't understand that broker dealers have certain margin requirements that they have to meet according to the SEC. And when you started seeing Robinhood go up and their margin requirements went up 10x, they had to go out and raise a billion dollars. The other the other thing is, Robinhood makes its money by selling order flow. Well, who are they selling it to? You know, go read Michael Lewis's book Flash Boys. They're selling it to the most successful, smartest people in the world. You guys introduced me in such a high and lofty way, but I'm telling you what, there are people that are, are writing programs that do this stuff so fast, they've positioned themselves so close to the hub of these internet exchanges so Mm -hmm. they can have nanoseconds advantage on everybody else. And if you think they don't know, you know, what Robinhood and all the people that cleared Apex are doing, you're out of your mind. Yeah. Uh, You know, it's, it's like that, that saying said at, at, uh, you know, on the social dilemma, you know, it's repeating a, a common, Expression in Silicon Valley, which is if you're not paying for the product, you are the product. Well, yeah. and so you got to be paying for these services. You you can't expect to get nothing, something for nothing. Yeah. And and to your point, to your point, Danny, the, the reality is, the most undervalued, inexpensive service coming from the financial industry is financial planning. Yeah. You got to have a plan yes and so if everybody's just reacting to everything not acting but reacting chasing mm-hmm. and all this stuff buying high, selling low doing all the dumb stuff that's in part because you don't have a financial plan yeah. Yeah. the best money you can spend is on your own education that has a deliverable of a financial plan signed off on by someone other than you <laughs> you know uh it's like the weight thing again you know, you gotta have a plan.
0: I agree with you. I know
1: thing. that if I eat more than 2000 calories a day, or if I drink alcohol, at the very least, I'm not gonna lose weight. Yeah. And I'm probably gonna get fat. Yeah. And it, it's so much harder to lose the weight than to never put it on in the first place. Yeah. And so, yes, I, you're hired. I couldn't agree more.
0: This is Danny, by the way, I wanna continue on a little bit more what you said, John, uh, uh, this new, it's not a new phenomenon, but this is what people really get more excited about, especially with Elon Elon Musk investing billions of dollars now in crypto, cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. Yep. Uh, just give the audience your thoughts on it and why is it now becoming more popular, specifically with people of influence and, and what concerns should we have being newbies? I mean, for example, you talked about the GameStop, how we're buying in high selling low. And are we? if we don't do it the right way, will we also fall in this particular area as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, when you think about volatility, you know, the highs and the lows, the amplitude of the waves, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, you can be a surfer, but then you go to the North shore of Hawaii. Oh, wow. Or you go off the coast of Portugal and you're seeing waves that you've never seen before. When you got to get a jet ski to go out to catch a wave, that's a big wave. Yeah. Bitcoin, is a Portuguese wave, and uh, you know, now the federal government has decided, or I should say the the Fed, which is, is actually not the federal government, but to print all this money. And so now, you know, ever since we went off the gold standard, we have a fiat currency and nobody likes to admit it. You know, even the staunchest Republican doesn't like to admit this, but we have become, we are witnessing state capitalism Mm-hmm. Every time there's a crisis print more money, you know, we had, we just added over $3 trillion to our balance sheet. You know, the only person I've heard say something, you know, was Mitt Romney recently was saying, you know, we don't want to print more money so we go further into debt to the Chinese. It's been said the Chinese could take us to our knees without firing a single shot, because all we're doing is printing and borrowing money. And so Bitcoin becomes interesting all of a sudden, because if you have a fiat currency over here, otherwise known as the US dollar, and then you have another form of currency over here, that's a finite amount of currency, this, this can actually become interesting. And so the reason that that Elon Musk is looking at it is because it's it's a, a statement against our monetary policy right now, but also a glimpse into the future, because I don't think that that the US dollar is gonna remain the currency of choice globally forever. I'm not saying it's Bitcoin, but, but we have a problem. And the problem is we are a debtor nation. And in, 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 until we get our currency figured out, you're gonna have things like cryptocurrency that that you know potentially you're trading a headache for a stomachache. Yep. And so what we're trying to do is figure out how to resolve that to, to learn from the negative example that that our own country is setting for us and figure out how to be financially responsible at the individual level. And I would say that if you want to go after Bitcoin, uh, do it with a do it with a certain uh, maximum on your on the money you're willing to lose. Yeah. Because you might catch a wave that's only half the battle. You get now you got to sell it when it's up there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, do research on it so you understand what it is. And also start paying attention to start start seeing if people are actually using it as currency. Mm -hmm. Meaning they're buying something with it. Can you buy your Uber ride with it? Can you pay for a pizza with it? Um, Now, the the, the way we're doing digitized money now, you know, even the dollar in a lot of ways is functioning digitally so that that may or may not never, ever matter. But if somebody gave you, you know, a Bitcoin, it, it would look like a poker chip. And you'd be like well, what am i supposed to do with this you know so ask yourself will the bank take your bitcoin mm. you know these these are important questions to ask yourself because bitcoin is a roller coaster Uh, so limit limit your exposure buyer beware try to understand what it is and uh but at the same time pay attention to it and elon musk i think has occasion to do it, but Elon Musk, the richest man in the world, can lose a whole lot more money than you can before he feels
0: it. (laughs) That's so true. And I'm not trying to build rockets to Mars right now. So, um, (laughs) John, this is Dave. I I wanted to to add on that. While we've got you kind of on this subject of concepts that are out there floating and what people should do, you mentioned earlier GameStop and what happened recently.
1: Yep.
0: Is this a roundabout way or, should we add some humor to this as market manipula- manipulation? Or is this kind of like a once in a in a blue moon kind of scenario? I mean, how, how should we look at GameStop and what happened?
1: Well, it's going to be interesting because the SEC is looking into this now over that very question. I can tell you this, that if an advisor was behind it, you know, versus the 33-year-old guy, you know, used to be at MetLife and he used to be a licensed guy, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, he made 33 million dollars off hyping up, you know, GameStop. And then, of course, other people on totally opposite ends of the spectrum from Elon Musk to AOC got got into this whole thing and drove it drove it to Mars. And uh, and then then they ceased trading. Not just Robinhood, but TD Ameritrade, Interactive Brokers, Schwab, Fidelity, everybody did because of the margin thing we talked about earlier. And so now, if, unless you have access to global markets, you're stuck in GameStop. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is a form of market manipulation in the sense that you have, you're leveraging social media that you're all gonna pile in at once. Um, but at the same time, I think it shows the power uh, that exists in this information age. I mean, imagine if sovereign states wanted to do this or if terrorist groups wanted to do this. You know, and, and you know, there's an opening scene of James of a James Bond movie, right? Where they sell short, you know, the, the airlines because they were going to blow up the airlines and then it didn't work out. Stock didn't go down. They had to cover the shorts, you know, so that that knife cuts both ways. Mm. It cuts both ways. And back to what I said earlier, it still takes five years to get five years experience yeah. and 11 years to become an overnight success. The newbie is going to learn the hard way. Yeah. Yep the newbie's going to learn the hard way so i highly discourage trading like that i think it's it's uh it may not be a one off but i think it's not going to be a thing of the future cuz the sec will prevent it from happening because there are other people who have you know their life savings you know in in bigger portfolios and what the sec is worried about is not a single stock but what if they started doing this across the board and people just said the stock market's rigged i don't want anything to do with it
0: yep mm. Yeah.
1: What happens then? And, uh, you know, people already have enough suspicion about market manipulation uh, that they don't want to have to worry about stories of Reddit, you know, Mm -hmm. traders and this army of ants bumping the stock around. By the way, it's not just the army of ants and Elon Musk that are pushing stocks around. Those flash boys, they're on the ride up and the ride down. Okay, so let's just be clear about you know, it wasn't. It wasn't people necessarily sticking it to Wall Street. There were some hedge funds that got burned, but mm. there were a lot of them that benefited more than the little guy did. I guarantee.
0: I bet you. I bet you. That's true. Definitely. This is Danny. Um, so, John, as, as we think about this health pandemic that's going on, and we think about how a lot of people are being forced to be isolated, a lot of small businesses have closed over the last year. We also looked at 41% of black owned businesses were closed and minority owned businesses are closed. As you said earlier, women are being affected heavily because of the childcare industry and what's going on with that. What are some creative ways people can make money during this time, even if they really don't have that much money to invest? I mean, we gotta figure out a way to do something during this pandemic. What are some creative ways?
1: Yeah, that is the question. And I I could not uh, agree more with you that the, overlooked communities primarily of color but not just color uh but definitely uh communities of color have been overlooked ignored forever this this pandemic has exposed so many inequities across the board mm-hmm. it's not even funny uh healthcare housing education and of course banking and investment and so there are some people, some, some people, Jamie Diamond's a good example. You know, a lot of people are probably rolling their eyes when they hear me say that, but I'm telling you that Jamie Diamond's doing some interesting things with JP Morgan, uh, looking at cities like Detroit, New York City, parts of the Bronx. New York has been rather gentrified uh, over the years, um, less so Detroit, um, where there are starting to be more ubiquitous banking type services. But we have got to figure out this problem and i'll say this the the cavalry's not coming so we got to figure out how to help how to help ourselves how how are we going to do that this sounds this sounds absurd what i'm about to say but it is not and this is me speaking to my 30 year old self so you can't argue with what i'm about to say okay because i'm saying it to myself
0: we'll be right back after this short break We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Live, Love, Thanks. Live, Love, Thanks helps purpose-driven women leaders, executives, and entrepreneurs to permanently eliminate clutter and end stress and overwhelm so they can move forward in their careers, relationships, and health. Visit LiveLoveThanks.com for impactful coaching and program professional women's. Thank you for checking out the Twins Talk It Up podcast. If you're enjoying this program and are learning something along with us, please consider becoming a supporting member through our Patreon at patreon.com slash dsbleadershipspeaking. Also consider leaving a great rating on iTunes and comment on our other platforms. If you would like more information or would like to become a guest on a future episode, please send a message via our website, www.dsbleadershipgroup.com. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners for a free consultation over the next two weeks. Visit our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast.
1: There's a thing called cashback cashback is an interesting new marketing approach everybody knows about cashback now they originally saw cashback and rewards program through credit cards where credit cards would entice you you know to use them over the competition etc but then it expanded and now you know about platforms like Rakuten, Dosh, Ibotta, Ibotta alone has over 22 million users And the reason they are they're using that is because they like that cash back. They like getting something from shopping and dining at places they're going to shop anyway. But normally it just stops there where the cash back comes into your account and then you can spend it wherever you want. So we did a survey and found out that seven out of ten people prefer to get cash back. Uh, I'm sorry, seven out of ten people prefer to shop local. It's actually closer to eight prefer to shop local. 10 out of 10 people prefer cash back over not cash back. And then I found that, you know, between eight and nine out of people prefer cash back over either cash, fake cash back, like Kohl's give you, Kohl's give you cash, Kohl's cash, they call it. But the problem with Kohl's cash, you can't take that to the bank or spend it anywhere else but Kohl's. And you can only spend it in this window. So that's not really cash, okay? Uh, that's, that's thank you, come back and spend more money with us. But what well, people really like is to get real cash yeah. back. What I'm telling people to do is take that cash back, even if you have nothing in in disposable income left over, you're still buying stuff, you still got to eat, you still got to buy clothes, you got to buy shoes, you got to buy food, you got to do all that stuff. So shop at places that give cash back, and then when you get the cash back, add that to your earmark, even if your earmark is zero, and get in the habit of moving that cash back toward saving investment or debt service. That's what I want you to do. That's the number one thing that people can do. The second thing people can do is start shopping where they're getting coupons and discounts. You know, Right now, it's minus 10 degrees outside in Montana. You know what's a great day to do today? Go buy a lawnmower. It's a great (laughs) day to buy a lawnmower. That's right. (laughs) I'll not only be the only certified private wealth advisor in the state of Montana, I'll be the only guy dumb enough to buy a lawnmower in Montana when it's minus 20 degrees. And so, no. Now, now, what everybody wants to buy? They want to buy a house. I want to buy a house right now. And they got what's called FOMO, the fear of missing out, because they're seeing the prices go through the roof. Now, never mind rent moratoriums, uh, forbearance on mortgages. Never mind all that stuff, right? That that's restricting the supply and driving up the price. Never mind that we've injected all this money that's driving down interest rates. But I ask people, you know, what would you rather do? Would you rather have a low interest rate? So you can brag about your friends, your friends about your interest rate on a sky high priced house. Now's the time to sell a house. And the only reason people aren't selling is what are they gonna buy? Yeah. And so I, I think right now what you should do is you should be looking at, at buying things that have coupons mm. or buying things that are out of season. Or buying things that are discounted and the other plug for the app is we created a way that you can invest a discount nice so well, discount what do you how do you invest a discount well we created a uh, something called the magic tea and the magic tea is interesting it's like a sketch pad it gives you two columns the, the column for the thing you want to buy and the column for alternative things to buy and then what what the magic tea does is it gives you three more data points mm pre-tax cost of something because we forget we buy stuff with after-tax dollars Yeah, you're not buying stuff out of your ira yeah. you're not buying stuff out of your 401k you're buying it out of your wallet yep. which has already been tax money so how much did you have to earn pre-tax and that's going to vary it probably varies between twins hmm. because you probably don't earn the exact amount of money you know uh you know if you don't live in the same place if you have different tax treatment according to the state you live in on top of how you're treated with federal income tax what's your personal pre-tax cost for buying this thing number two Mm -hmm. how many hours did it take to afford this thing Mm -hmm. and number three based on your risk profile and time horizons what's the opportunity cost of not investing that and spending it instead on something that's just going to rust and decay and you know you know what jesus said about that stuff right don't put your hope in that stuff right we do it anyway and so what I tell people is use the magic tea and start to think before you spend the money and say, is there an alternative? So Shan, my youngest son, he got a hundred, he got a couple hundred bucks for his birthday two years ago. And he wanted by Air Jordans. So we got online. How much are Air Jordans? 120 bucks. I said, Shan, he was like 12 at the time. Let's put your money into the magic tea to find out what 120 bucks would be worth if you invested it mm. in an account, mm. earning, you know. 8% per year. It was stupid. It was like $25,000 or something like that in future dollars. He's like, oh gosh, dad, I'm not spending 120 bucks. I'm not spending 120 bucks on shoes. So he ended up going to Rakuten and he bought a similar pair of shoes, also by Nike, on sale 57 bucks, and they gave him 10% cash back.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. And so now, not only would was he making a better decision, but he and I are having a conversation about money that he understands. Yeah. Nice. And he's becoming a smarter shopper. So sometimes I think the third thing, it seems seems kind of insulting, but you got to be smarter. Yeah, yeah. You got to be smarter. You know, if you want
0: to give your money away, give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. give it, let's do an experiment. Give it to uh, two identical twin twins. Let's see, Dave and Dan, two different cities. Let's just do kind of an experiment and see how money goes invest in us we'll figure it out but john yeah. you make a you make a good point this is david you, you you mentioned something about your son and teaching him the value of money yeah. let's be real we can see in your business right now if you go to your website johncgoodman.com, you talk about what you do you have a section on financial educational courses literacy financial literacy projects you're doing but growing up I never got educated in high school or talked about it at the collegiate level even when I was playing tennis in college I didn't think about if I was going to go pro what do I need to know about a financial advisor and we see stories or we hear stories all the time of these pro athletes ended up broke they have nothing yep. so how can we increase the ability for the average person to be more educated more informed other than saying hey there's an app for you, this is going to help you, but you've got to develop the mindset and the habit to want to go after. I mean, what can we see done differently if it's not going to be instituted or implemented at the high school collegiate level? Is it as simple as saying, Dave, get an app like this and get somebody that you could trust as a financial advisor? And I'm sure there are other multitude of answers we can go at this, but what's your thought on how we can help this? Yeah, Um, this,
1: this this is a really, really great, it's a really great question because We have a problem, and we have a big, big problem. You can't teach what you don't know. True. And even financial advisors, financial advisors don't have time to teach everybody, you know, like tutorial style, Oxford style, about money. And then the internet, of course, is filled with gurus. I mean, YouTube has more people, you know, out there telling you what to do with your money, but who do you trust? And there's some crazy stuff out there, crazy stuff. And, uh, you know, if you talk to the people I talk to, they would have you believe that the only thing you have to buy is real estate, gold, crypto and medicinal marijuana. That's the extent of your financial education. That's all you got to know.
0: Right. None of that order.
1: It's <laughs> just not true. It's not true. And so I think you're going to see the emergence of all these financial literacy programs. And I would find one that you trust and one that you have to pay a little bit for, not one that's free because the free you're going to get what you pay for. Yeah. And so uh you know there's there's one that has done a brilliant job for for women in particular sort of their niche called the Financial Gym out of New York. There's Dave Ramsey I think who's done a great job about helping people how to get out of debt, but even that isn't like comprehensive financial literacy. Yeah. And so what we're doing is we're creating something called Flight School. And the idea that we're doing is we have a two-part curriculum. You know, it costs 300 bucks but you earn your ratings and your wings. And the first part, and you don't have to do both. The first part is what you need to know. You absolutely need to know this. And the second part is what you ought to should know, okay? And so this will help you and you don't even have to take them necessarily continuously, but that will help. And we, we start with the very basics. What is money? What is money? Let's not assume we know what money is. And we get into conversations about crypto, we get into conversations about uh, digital, you know, uh, payments now, Uh, on and on. We go through the whole thing, but we talk about credit cards and loans and, you know, interest rates and things you have to know to be a functioning human being. Luckily, we don't have to balance, manually balance our checkbooks anymore, but even that wouldn't be a bad exercise. Yeah. to write it down. So what we built into the app is a list of all your transactions. And we took the liberty of putting those three data points next to every transaction you make. Mm-hmm. So people don't have the excuse anymore. Well, if I had any money, I'd let you invest it. We show you this, is how much money is going through your fingers already. You just don't know it. Yeah. This is your budget. You just don't know it. And so we want to go the extra step and say, great, now that you know it, what are you going to do with it? And, and how do we make this available in scale where we don't have to have individual conversations one by one. I also think recordings like this, this is great what you're doing because you're putting out video recordings and content that can live on people's websites. So frequently asked questions can get answered in a video format that people are comfortable with and uh, go from there. And then I got to tell you, I think there's going to be a movement. Hopefully we're a part of this movement. Maybe we even start you know, with our Millionaire Amigo groups where people are getting together to talk about money strategies like we all used to do in the ministry with bible study. We're going to get together and we're going to talk but what we're going to do is we're going to find somebody who knows what they're talking about that's going to be you know running and facilitating the group and having conversations around that. Dave Ramsey has done a great job of that with his workbooks. Dave Ramsey's funny though, He he's not giving away for free because he charges the facilitators to facilitate his meetings.
0: He does. <laughs> so
1: hats off to Dave Ramsey, good for yep, you.
0: <laughs> yep. Been through the Financial Peace Workshop, right? Love it, love it. Doug. Yeah,
1: it, that's a great place to start. I mean, absolutely. I think he's done a brilliant, brilliant job. Uh, the only thing that I contest with the Dave Ramsey approach is that you can walk, chew gum, and dribble the basketball at the same time. His step number one is save a thousand bucks. Step number two is get rid of all non-mortgage consumer debt. Step number three is save six months' worth of emergency savings. I used to think he was nuts that you needed to mm-hmm. save six months, and now after COVID, I'm like, I don't know if six months is enough. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, start to invest 15% of your income, and then he gets in to pay off your house, 529s, and then give, you know, live like no one else. So you can give like no one else. Those are his seven steps. We have a way that we can do a calculation. It starts with how much are you paying in debt service? And then let's let's bring that dollar amount you know, from the future. Let's discount that to today's dollars. And how about we pay the 300 bucks that you're paying toward debt service for the next three years, but we bring $300 in your personal retirement projections back in today, you might find out that's only $23. So now you're going to pay $300 toward debt service, and $23 is going to be going into your investment. And then as you go through his debt snowball, now you're taking that money and you're starting to put more and more and more into your investment. Because the one thing we don't have more of is time. That's true. And you'll even see Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, these guys who are the richest men in the world. You're not hearing it from Elon Musk yet because he's still a young guy. <laughs> the old guys are saying, you know what? My money can't buy is the thing I want the most time. And so I tell people, let's 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 get rid of the debt. Let's save for an emergency fund and let's invest toward your future. Let's walk, chew gum and dribble a basketball at the same time.
0: John, this is Dave. I love that. And yeah. there's so much in me that wants to take our conversation down the road of when we were in the ministry and looking at how churches today and a lot of these nonprofits are struggling because of what's going on with the pandemic and people not still giving to the church, but I, I don't wanna do that. I wanna hold that to another conversation we might have offline or to another show you mentioned walk chew gum and jubble basketball well Mm -hmm. for our listeners that may not know our friend john actually played basketball at duke university oh yeah one of my favorite coaches in the in the country Mike successful for you to watch but you play with guys like danny ferry i mean this this, (laughs) is what what an incredible all-american incredible athlete tommy amaker quinn snyder coach of utah jazz what was it like playing with these guys? What was your experience like there on campus at Duke? And 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 take us back to those days, John. I mean, obviously the shorts you were wearing were super short at that time, but it was really what, what it was like.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, our undergarments were different back in those days as well. And, uh, that, that made those that made those short shorts all the, all the
0: riskier. But
1: it was it was one of the great joys of my life. Uh, I got to tell you, nobody believed I could do it, including me, uh, except for my dad. And I remember we were in Idaho and and I told you he was an orthopedic surgeon Well, he went to Duke. And so uh, I didn't realize it at, at the time how good a school Duke was. And I wanted to go to Harvard and Stanford and Princeton, but uh, none of those schools wanted me as bad as I wanted them. And it, it turned out to be a blessing in disguise because not only did I get to play basketball, but that's where you know, I was uh, introduced to far more te- important teachings than anything we've talked about. Uh, that put me in touch with you guys. It also put me in touch with uh, my wife. Uh, happy Valentine's Day to her. Uh, it gave me my family. That that decision was everything. And so the Duke basketball thing was the beginning of even greater things. But it was a great thing because I was in Idaho. My dad had called uh, the guy, one of the guys who helped train him. His name was Frank Bassett. There's a, there's a street behind Cameron Indoor Stadium called Bassett Drive, named after Frank Bassett, Bassett. And uh, you know, the great class, the one that saved Coach K. You saw the documentary maybe with Billis and Allery, uh Dawkins, Henderson, uh, you know, that that whole class. Um uh Wendell Williams, uh, you know, unbelievable class. Five of them graduated, and only Tommy of the starting five made it. And then behind him was Billy King and Kevin Strickland and Danny Ferry and Quinn Snyder behind them. And then there was a decent freshman class, of mm-hmm. all these All-Americans. Yeah. And Frank Baskett told my dad that with these five guys leaving and only three guys coming in, that means there's a spot for two guys. Mm-hmm. And my dad's like, you can make it. You can make the team. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, yeah, you can. I said, why do you say that? He goes, because you have Idaho hemoglobin. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, you have Idaho Hemoglobin, man. You can go. They're not gonna know what hit them. (laughs) (laughs) So I laughed just like you did, and and but but I played basketball that summer in Australia. I stayed in shape. I ran this Wallace Wade Stadium, and tryout day come and and I wore the same shoes they wore in the national championship the year before when they lost to Louisville with Mm -hmm. Denny Crum and Never Nervous Purvis Ellison. I wore those blue Adidas. This is back when shorts were shorts, and they wore Adidas. Yep. And people graduated and uh that's my claim to fame i am the first one of the first one and dones i was one and done before one and done was cool <laughs> but I, I made the team and, and the, the assistant coach pete Godet came up and he, the first thing he said are nice shoes <laughs> thank you and then he said what are you doing tomorrow at three and i tell you what my body just went limp i mean i just couldn't even believe because he was inviting me he told me i was on the team Mm-mm. and i called my dad Call my dad. My dad was in Hawaii uh, and uh, he was taking a nap when I called. So he's he he wakes up from his nap on a hammock or whatever he was doing, and and I said, Dad, I made the team. And he goes, Oh, that's amazing. I knew you would. And uh, he goes, uh, what number are you? So if we see you on TV, we'll know which one you are. I was like, a five foot ten white guy from Idaho on that basketball team. <laughs> Like, I'm going to be hard to pick out. I said, I'm number 41, pardon my language, but I'm quoting my dad. But he goes, Jesus, what, what position are you playing linebacker? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, dad, they could give me any number they want. I care about what's on the front of that jersey, not the back of the jersey. (laughs) And it was one incredible experience. But, you know, I got to play against uh, Dean Smith at Carolina. Nice. I got to score some points and uh, the highlight was at the end of the season. We played Jim Valvano's mm-hmm. NC State Wolfpack the year they won the ACC tournament. Now you got to remember, by then you know you had uh, Carolina won national championship, State had won a national championship. Mike Shishovsky was not the big yep. man on campus. Not yet. He, he was he barely meddled compared to those guys. So I get in the game. There's 52 seconds left, and they give me the ball, and it was like the parting of the Red Sea. <laughs> and me and my Idaho hemoglobin took off you know up the court and it was just me And I think it was Charles Shackelford who's like seven foot tall huge dude is down there in the middle of the paint and I thought well I'm not going to the basket because that'd be dumb and so I pulled up I pulled up at the you know they call it the nail which is just in between the top of the key and the free throw line I pull up at the nail and boom it goes in and camera goes crazy <laughs> and I was like, this is unbelievable. And, and my, my mom gets on the, the phone in Pocatello, she calls Jim Fox, who's our famous radio guy in Pocatello. She's like, my son made the team, my son made the team. He made <laughs> uh, Jim Fox I'm sure is like, so why are you calling me about this? But later on, I saw the videotape of it and Dick Vitale is broadcasting the game. And, and wow. along the way, as I'm going up the court, he says, number 41 is in the game, uh, John Goodman. Oh, and, and I'm making my way up the court. We have no scouting report on the little fella. And then I shoot, and boom, it goes in. He goes, but he sure can shoot the J. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. So, so after that, after that, I get the ball again, and this time they foul me, Vinny Del Negro fouls me. Vinny. <laughs> and so I go to the free throw line and, and I'm looking at the basket and it felt like the basket was like on the bridge of my nose. I'm so, you know, amped at this point in time. I was like, just don't throw it over the backboard. (laughs) And it's a one and one and boom, I make that. And then boom, I make the second one. And anyway, they come down the court, I get the ball again and he fouls me again. I have no idea why, I mean, we won. And anyway, this is just to keep me humble and things in perspective because they don't do this anymore. Back then they used to do this. I go to the free throw line again, And on the videotape, they start to roll the credits. (laughs) You can't even see me making a shot two more times, but I did score six points in 52 seconds. So there, you know, it's funny, normally you say the haters are the people who, you know, hate Duke, but the haters are actually the guys on the team that give you crap the whole time and rub your nose in it and all that stuff. But the reality is, is those guys were as happy for me as I was, and it was just, it was a great time. That Coach is K is amazing. He has stayed in touch. You know, I am I am a footnote in the history of Duke basketball. He's written me every time I write him, he's written letters to my daughter when they've written daughters when they've wow. written. Him. He's just amazing. And he he's just an amazing human being. Yesterday was his birthday, so happy, belated 74th birthday to Coach K. And they were playing NC State at NC State. That's right. And they got a W, which is not a guarantee anymore for Duke Basketball
0: yeah that's true it's been a tough anyway,
1: season win or lose i don't care hey, hey john this is Dave. where did your wife go to school again she went yeah <laughs> where did she go to school <laughs> she told me so she was my daddy last week i was like no no that's going too far that's going too far you're never gonna be my daddy
0: <laughs> but, but you know she she crossed over to the dark side right didn't no, she not no. doing she, education she, uh, that then? was me teasing her that was oh,
1: okay now she she did take a she took a uh uh Human Resources continuing education program at Duke and she very reluctantly showed me her certificate and I had to take a picture of it and give her a very backhanded uh, compliment. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But no, I'm very proud of her. She's she does all these things. She teaches kids. She's she's like me and West times 10, you know, for helping people. She's just amazing. And you talk about financial education. It's never too soon. You ought to be teaching financial education in pre K. Mm. which is where she's teaching. And uh, man, the, te- the students just love her so much. They gave her all this Valentine stuff. They told her they loved her. And uh, she's just, she's amazing. But she is a Carolina fan, so nobody's perfect.
0: There you go. Well, I would tell you, this is Danny, by the way. Guys, I, I first of all want to tell you that that family is a beautiful family. You guys get a chance to meet his better half. She's definitely the better half. Yes. Uh, for sure um and one thing i would tell you is that i'm very grateful for john and cc inviting my wife and i out to montana i'll tell you guys it was it's a beautiful state yes not just for fly fish it's just not it's not just for rocky mountain oysters the people (laughs) there are very nice the community is very nice I, i would tell you if you ever think about a place to go and a place to go visit call john up go visit him all right and as we close this out, I want to tell you that I'm grateful. Dave and I are both grateful yes. for John being a great friend, uh, having a great history with us, going all the way back, all the way back. Uh, I'm not going to tell you how far back because that tells you how old we are as well. <laughs> uh, but even to the, the, the birth of his children, even to get a chance to meet his adopted children when we were in Montana. And, and I remember, real quick, I remember when his daughter met my wife. she was like oh my gosh there's another person looks just like me it just blew (laughs) her away she could not stop looking at my wife because she could not believe how there's another person looked just like her so i remember that day jenny felt really special she was like wow no one's ever looked at me like that and thought that was awesome (laughs)
1: no that's a great story montana is an amazing place i love it you know when we moved here a lot of the ministry people thought we were nuts. They're like, who, who are you going to do, go out there and preach to grizzly bears? And I was like, <laughs> look man, it, it says that even the rocks will scream out on my behalf. And that's what this place is all about. It's like the handiwork of God above is absolutely everywhere. It's 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 so beautiful, but I have to tell you, you know, having you here uh, meant everything to us. My, my biggest complaint, and it will be one probably for a long time, is we don't have enough diversity here. And so in the same way we don't have enough, Women in the financial services industry. We don't have enough diversity in Montana, and I, I would love to see that change. I really would. And so, uh, and now everybody's been so gracious to our kids. We have two kids adopted from China, just so everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Kind of weird hate crime right now against Asians is on the rise, and you know we, we just got to deal with this. We 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 have to we have to learn to love one another, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, so much bigger than money and politics and all this other stuff. There's everybody is everybody has good in them and everyone has bad in them and we just have to make a decision. What what part do you want to focus on? And uh, my my view is I I think it's best to focus on the good in other people and then you you work out the bad in yourself. Mm. Work out the bad in yourself and make it better. That that's that's the road to real wellness. and if if you have more money in your pocket and less debt, hey, all the all the better. But man, I super appreciate this time. You guys are doing something special, not just uh, talking about how to help people communicate better, but just leadership in, in general. But you know, you know, it's it's like we read about if the trumpet isn't certain, who will follow into battle? And uh, you guys have uh, a, a quiet confidence about you that, I just want to commend you on. It makes it so easy to follow you and to uh, aspire to be like you. Um, your relationship is incredible. It's iron sharpening iron, and I love it that you don't limit that to yourselves. You guys, you guys are reaching out to folks, all walks of life, and trying to help everybody be the best version of themselves. And that's the greatest legacy any of us can have, right?
0: Yeah. Amen to that. Thank right. you very much, John. And, and as an effort to close out, we were definitely grateful for John. If you guys want to find out more about John, please go to the Apple store. Go download Millionaire Me. It's a very easy tool to download. Give it a five-star rating. If you ever want to know, learn, learn a little bit more about John, go to his website, johncgoodman.com. He's the owner, CEO of JCG Advisory Partners. And if you ever want to go out and have a good time and experience <laughs> the great state of Montana, you definitely have to go and give John a call because he and his family would definitely show you a good time. He has amazing children, amazing kids. Uh, His two sons are amazing. His son is a a, a great law enforcement officer. second son is a great entrepreneur in his own rights. And if you want to get in shape, he would definitely help you as well. (laughs) That's right. Thank you very much. Follow us. Go to our Instagram page. Go to our website. Give us a five-star rating. Support us at patreon.com slash up. We really appreciate you, John. We are very grateful for our friendship in you, and we can't wait to talk to you again in the future. Have a great day, everyone. All right. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at BSB Leadership and visit us online at com to learn more about our workshops and trainings. We will see you on the next episode of the Twins Talk It Up podcast.